Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that's heard a rumour that Arsenal will be making another statement later today after Stuart Atwell failed to tidy away an empty crisp packet post-match. Lego Head will be fuming. Uh, we're looking back at a Carlsberg weekend of football and of course concentrating on City's demolition of Bournemouth. I think that's 13 out of 13 against them. Plus briefly previewing the Young Boys match on Tuesday. To do so, two men who have finally stopped laughing at Darwin Nunez, it's Asan and Lloyd. Uh, good afternoon, Asan. How are you? Afternoon, Howard. I'm really good. How are you? Not bad. A bit tired, but yeah. What a brilliant weekend. So It was. It was a perfect, all almost, the boxes. almost a perfect weekend of Barclays. If, if yeah. Fulham hadn't have, you know... Just done like brain dead things in, in injury time, it would have been the perfect weekend. They're not really relevant, to be honest. <laughs> not full no, of but but the team they were playing. I, I like to see them suffer, but you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? So. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Lloyd, good afternoon. Afternoon, boys. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a bit delicate from a good weekend, but other than that. Yeah, tell us more. Very good. Uh, You can't say anything, yeah. Jordan kindly hosted me over the weekend um, in his new flat, which is very nice. Um, And, yeah, we stayed out quite a while after the game. And, like, true boring blokes, we sat in a bar trying to name the other players that have uh, registered four assists in the Premier League. And then once we'd done that, we went to players that have scored four goals in the Premier League, of which there are 32 uh, and one of the lads, his girlfriends was there with us and she didn't look too happy with that, as you can probably wow. understand. Sounds like I've missed out on a fascinating night. But... <laughs> <laughs> Proper gutter stuff, yeah. And to be fair, I did discuss the four assists in the pub after the match as well because I was convinced Kevin De Bruyne had done it once, but he hasn't, has he? So, first He's done four goals, though. I knew he has, yeah. But yeah, but hey, 31 other players have apparently, so not yeah, that special, true. is it? Yeah, wasn't a bad weekend. Saw Peter Kay last night as well. He was very good. Big budget secret ending as well that I can't talk about. So, but mm, you got tickets? Lucky yeah. for you. Right near the front, VIP. Wow. You see. So, yeah, Any beautiful heckling? roast in the middle of the roast, and Peter Kay Liverpool didn't beat Luton. And yeah, the football was quite good as well. So great weekend. Anyway, before we get to City. I thought it is worth spending a few minutes talking about that Arsenal-Newcastle game. Hey, Sam, I'm going to start with you and obviously then go to Lloyd. More, not the game itself, which in its own way was hilarious, <laughs> and the goal especially, but Arteta's statement on, referee, uh, on referees and then, of course, Arsenal's club statement backing him up. Arsenal, uh, Arteta having a rant, well, don't surprise me in the slightest. I think more telling for me is the club statement coming out, uh, <laughs> whinging basically. What, what were your thoughts when you saw that Arsenal statement come out? I mean, you you just shouldn't be make Liverpool shouldn't have done a statement a few weeks ago, and Arsenal shouldn't have put a statement out. I can I can understand managers after games in the heat of the moment saying mad stuff. It's that's not new. That's not something that, you know, a manager having a meltdown in a in a post-match press conference after his team have lost to a controversial goal is quite normal. Um, mm. But club statements, I mean, 
come on, like, and also like the idea. That, so I, I know that you don't want to talk about the incidents, but in a way, no, no, you can talk whatever you want. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can disconnect. You can disconnect the two things. I think that, you know, the um, the Habert's red card is a red card. The mm. Bruno Guimaraes red card is a red card. Uh, the goal is a goal, and the I mean, okay, so the. Is it a foul on Gabriel? Well, for me, it's, I, I mean, seen him given, I've seen him, I've seen him not given. He was a bit soft. He probably should have focused on uh, being a little bit tougher and a bit stronger, and maybe he doesn't go down quite so easily. Um, but in the main, the, for me, with the the Arteta and the Arsenal thing, is I just find it quite weird that they've chosen this moment to have this sort of rant because. I mean, he doesn't even, from what I can see, he's not even mentioned the Havertz challenge. And that kind of kicks everything off in a way. And if, he, if they go down if they go down at 10 men at that point, I think that Newcastle win the game anyway. That came first, um, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it just, it was a, I can understand in the moment being, in the heat of the moment, being angry at the fact that your team have lost. But... I, I mean, look, I, I said last season, I don't think that Arteta uh, is, has got a hold of his own emotions enough as a manager. I think he's far too emotionally unstable at the best of times. Um, and so it's, in a way, it's no surprise that in a moment like that, he's had a complete meltdown. But it's just, uh, honestly, like, I think that uh, it makes me love City more. Like, we're just the sort of club that we just don't do, like, daft PR stuff. Maybe because, maybe because, uh, said, I saw beginning. someone joke, sorry, that uh, we got the worst decision of last season and uh, Pep Guardiola just shrugged and then won the treble. <laughs> so. Exactly. But that's not a joke. It's spot on. And I think that it's part of, it, part of what surprises me a little bit about RT. You know what I think? And I'll ask you two the question, right? Uh, Klopp, obviously going into a press conference and, and more or less saying the game should be replayed was a joke. Arteta's post-match interview yesterday is a joke. Both clubs putting out statements is a joke. But do either of you think that is a testament to the pressure that managers and clubs feel in trying to compete with Pep? Obviously. Yeah. They would say just the pressure at the top level of the game is huge anyway and does affect how they act, to be honest. Because the stakes are so high, are they not? But yeah, go on, Lloyd. Do you think Pep's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, the bar's raised, isn't it? That you can't lose games. And it, I mean, it does feel that way in recent years. If you're a rival to City, a Pep City, you can't lose games, really. One one loss is like, in the old days, losing three games on a row. Yeah, I think, I think the two are interlinked because, <clears throat> as you say, Pep has raised the standards that, you know, dropping points like that against Newcastle, even though they're a good team and, you know, came in the top four last season, you actually look at that as drop points um, rather than, you know, a, a loss or a draw that you can get by with. That's just the level that Pep has set. You know, if you want to beat City, I think there are probably what, you can probably only drop points in something like between five to seven games a season. Um, maybe, maybe ever so slightly more if we're below our level, a bit like last season. So, I think they're definitely linked. Um, but in a way, their teams, I do think, are an embodiment 
of their managers. And, you know, Arsenal last season were far too emotional, particularly in the run-in. And I think they do kind of Arteta's um, inability to control himself. And you see it just with regulation games where he's jumping out of his technical area, completely loses his head at, at decisions. Um, he was uh, doing it four minutes into the Community Shield. Which what is a celebration. Te- very for telling you. for me that. Like, it's a bloody Community Shield. Just calm down because he didn't get a throw in or something. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but anyway, and I, I, don't, I don't want to be celebration police, but like his celebration of the Trossard <laughs> deflected goal was just, it was just way over the top. But, you know, again, coming back to Asan's point, I think that's because we're so good and so hard to beat that, you know, you can kind of see that bottled up. On Just on his comments, though, I think I think people have been a little bit too kind, um, specifically on Arteta's comments. I appreciate that it's after the game, but I think some of the language that he used actually was just way over the top. So saying, you know, I feel sick to be a part of this, it's an absolute disgrace that this goal has been allowed. It's embarrassing what happened. The result should not be what it is. It's a disgrace. How this goal stands in the Premier League the league we say is the best in the world. I feel ashamed. I've been 20 years in this country now. I mean, come on. Like, I, I understand I understand that it, you might lose your head a bit, but that is just way over the top. And then obviously, as I think everyone has said, the statement from the club kind of to try and back their man who's lost his marbles is just ridiculous. And to be honest, if it's one word, it's embarrassing. It's. I mean, we may... Hey, Sam, we'll move on in a bit, but we may agree that referee's not very good uh, at times or that this VAR's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. But is this unnecessarily putting more pressure on match officials now when clubs and managers are doing stuff like this? Yes, in a word. I think that... um, I I don't think the, the standard of officiating in the league is anywhere near good enough. I do think we have serious issues with the attitude of some officials, let alone their ability to officiate well. Um, But at the same time, Arteta can't say everything that he said because the whole thing, the game kind of spirals out of control after a clear red card to one of his players isn't given. And how does he react if, the shoe is on the other foot there. I just, I, I feel very much as though we're, we're, we're entering into a place where I would prefer that everybody accepted that officiating is what it is for the moment or for this season and that managers, I almost feel as though managers shouldn't be asked about refereeing or they shouldn't be allowed to talk about mm. the officiating because I just don't think it serves any real purpose beyond specifically a club applying pressure to the PGMOL to ensure that in the next game or, you know, like, look, the reality is that referees were afraid to blow the whistle in the next two or three games after, after Liverpool had that goal disallowed or allowed or whatever it was. And I think that Arsenal will have a similar thing where for the next few weeks, I'm fairly sure that referees will be very cautious about blowing their whistle in in games that that, that they're officiating, um, that Arsenal are playing in. And I don't think that should be going on either. And it's not a tinfoil hat thing where I think that the, the officials are bent. I just think it's human nature. I think that, you know, if 
they if you publicly kick up as much of a stink as as Klopp and the Scousers did and and Arteta's done, I think it's natural that there'll be that there'll be pressure applied. That officials officiating games involving those teams will feel a certain way and will feel a certain amount of pressure. So, yeah, I, I don't see a lot of solutions, just a lot of problems. Mm. Poor Vincent Company, who uh, barely go to the Emirates next Sunday, I think. So, yeah, not getting a thing, is it? Just final side then, like just something, you know, I'm trying to sum up myself what Aysen said there. We're getting to a point, I feel now, where a contentious issue like that goal, and there'll always be some, whether the officials are doing well, whether they're doing badly, whether VR's doing well or badly, whether it's turn on or off, subjective decisions, they will they'll always be portrayed as refereeing standards being crap. So if they are crap or whatever, we're way beyond that now. It's like we're getting to the point now where there's huge, well, whole fan base is going, it's everything that goes against my team now is somehow a conspiracy. Mm. And like all refs should be sent to a gulag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because some people will say that should have been a goal, and yet, so why are we having so much controversy over that? Liverpool one I at least could see was just a bad mistake, and it was binary; it shouldn't have happened. But we're now well, at the point where, you know, we need to disband the whole PGMOL because managers aren't agreeing with decisions. But that, I think that's it. It's part. So the reason we end up talking about that incident as much as we have already, or the Liverpool one, but it is slightly different because that was an obvious error, um, is I think partly down to the reaction of Arteta and Arsenal. That keeps it in the in the kind of press, it keeps it in the 24-hour news coverage and it means that it's overanalyzed. I, I'm, I'm pretty firm with, with that goal at the weekend. I think it was fair to be ruled as a goal. I know people have said oh there's almost three reasons to rule it out but I actually think it's the opposite at all three points I understand why the decision was the decision the obvious the one the one where it's most 50 50 is when the ball is up and Gabrielle's challenge with Joe Linton but definitely even then I think I'm with Neville I think he should be stronger and I don't think he definitely pushes him and there isn't an angle that shows that he really imparts a lot of force so that's just one you take on the chin. It's not like the Rashford goal last season. It's not like the offside for the Scousers, to be fair, which was obviously ridiculous. It is what it is. That they happen, you kind of brush yourself down and you, and you crack on. And, you know, as has already been said, Havertz should have been sent off. And equally, Bruno should have been sent off. So hmm. It's one of those goals where collectively you feel it should be disallowed, but you can't disallow because collectively a few things happen. You have to analyse them one by one and find a reason to disallow it. And most of the time, people moan at VAR trying to find a reason to disallow a goal, and yet up in arms because it didn't find one for this goal. So can't they tried to rule that goal out? Yeah, <laughs> they had three shots <laughs> at it, and they couldn't. And they couldn't it. get get there. Anyway, let's move on. I've uh, I've discussed it too much by uh, introducing it to this agenda, perhaps. But, but of course, the media will always ask questions about it to managers because it creates the stories, as you said. So. It will continue ad infinitum, no doubt. Let's talk about City. Asan, straight to the team. Uh, few surprises? No, not really. Uh, a few changes, but that's a norm nowadays at this time of season as well. What did you think of that team? Uh, without hindsight, <laughs> unleashing Docu at home to Bournemouth seemed fairly sensible. No Phil Foden, no. Uh, Diaz and Gvardiel out, but Kanji and Akai in. I mean, you can't 
you couldn't have predicted this team, but it's understandable that such changes would be made in the schedule as it is right now. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.